This podcast is sponsored by Elvi, who makes smart technology products for women and birthing people, including the innovative pelvic floor trainer, LV Trainer, and their amazing hands-free electric breast pump range, including the LV Pump and LV Stride. LV find new solutions and create smart products, whilst leading taboo-busting conversations. What I think makes LV so amazing and a brand I love and admire is their commitment to develop innovative products using the latest technology to address issues predominantly experienced by women that have long been overlooked. We all know our bodies are pretty incredible. We can choose to actually grow and feed mini-humans. LV believes that we shouldn't have to make do with shoddy design or pink spin-offs. Our smart bodies deserve to have smart tech to support us. LV's mission is to improve our lives through smarter technology. What's not to love? Just a warning, this episode does contain some adult language, so please listen with care, especially if little ears are around. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you can spare the time to write a review, please do. It would make my day. Welcome to Up The Duff Pod, a brand new pregnancy, birth and parenting podcast brought to you by The Positive Birth Company. In this first series, we are diving straight in at the deep end and tackling taboos. The everyday stuff most people experience after having a baby, but which nobody likes to talk about. I'll be chatting to friends of the Positive Birth Company about their experiences, as well as sharing my own, on everything from poo, wee, mind, body, sex and bodily fluids. If it's a bit gross or a bit embarrassing, you can be sure we've got it covered. Before I go any further and introduce this week's guest, I should probably let you know who I am. My name is Siobhan Miller, my pronouns are she, her. I am a mum to three boys who I co-parent with their dad and I am currently pregnant with my fourth baby and I'm doing it solo by choice. I'm also the founder of The Positive Birth Company and the author of Hypnobirthing, Practical Ways to Make Your Birth Better. I love talking about everything relating to pregnancy, birth and the postpartum period. And because I'm lucky enough to have done it a fair few times, I can confidently say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt to most of the things we'll be discussing, from poo dramas to leaky boobs. And I'll be sure to share my stories in the hope they help you feel less embarrassed and, at the very least, so you know you are not alone. Today I'm recording again at the Soho Live Studios in central London and I'm joined by Steph Douglas, the founder of Don't Buy Her Flowers, a thoughtful gift box service. As well as being a successful businesswoman, Steph is also a mum of three and has written various blog posts over the years sharing her thoughts and experiences of parenting. She also hosts her own podcast, which is absolutely brilliant and well (laughs) worth listening to. Thank you. I especially love how you always start your podcast. You kind of set the scene with what you're doing or where you are, (laughs) which is kind of what inspired me to be like, tell people where I am. Yeah, I love your podcast. Thank you. So thank you for joining me on mine. Pleasure. I think before we get into it, um, maybe you should share why you set up your business, Don't Buy Her Flowers, because I think, well, it's not because you hate flowers, right? That must be a common (laughs) misconception that this woman really has a vendetta against flowers. I have to caveat that. No, I like flowers. Um, But perhaps you'd like to share, because I think it relates a little bit to what we're going to be talking about today. The crux of it probably is I had my first baby and I received about eight bunches of flowers And I think pre having kids, I had no concept of, I just hadn't really thought about it. I don't know, I I knew I wanted kids. I hadn't really thought about that it might be hard or challenging or impact my relationship or even my body. And then I was sitting on the sofa just feeling completely overwhelmed. And we also had the kind of added bonus that Doug, my husband had just finished treatment for cancer. So that, so it was, there was quite a lot going on, but either way, the door kept ringing and it was bunches of flowers and I was like I just and at at first I was like this is amazing you get gifts when you have a baby I wasn't expecting this and then quite quickly I was like where the fuck do I put them you didn't (laughs) have vases no I had like two vases we had a little like tiny little house that we just we'd only been married a couple of years and they kept coming and I was like that's a really weird gift because you have to look after them you've got to put them in water they die And at that point, that very point, you are doing more caring than you've ever done in your life. And you're doing it potentially, especially with your first, completely brand new. 
you don't know what you're doing. You're either on your own or there's two of you just going, what the chuff's going on? And so that was very much the core idea was, could you do something more thoughtful? So yeah, fast forward a couple, yeah. few years. Um, I didn't leap into starting business when I had small babies. I went back to work and then the idea was just there. But yeah, now we do loads of different occasions. Yeah. But I was writing tags at the warehouse this week and there was a new mum one like going, oh, just take this time and just all this reassurance. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's still and there. And the gifts, they're actually helpful. Yeah, like, just thoughtful things. It's so true because... When you're a new parent, you obviously have so much going on, mm. especially when it's your first because you've never done it before. But mm. then if it's your second, then you've also you got a toddler. Like, yeah, yeah. There's so much yeah. going on. And the last thing you need is like something else to care for or yeah. keep alive. And also lots of that. Like there were eight, but you know, yeah. like one or two bunches is nice. And people are always like, oh, do you hate flowers? Yeah. No, I just think there are more thoughtful gifts. When you started, it was primarily for new mums. Yeah. But now you can customise them for like any yeah. occasion, any recipient. Yeah. I think something like 70% of the boxes are custom. custom. So we do some set packages or you can just hand pick from 250 products. And yeah. So it's really bespoke. So yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, it's so good. And Thank you. um if you're putting together a box for an expectant mom or a friend that's having a baby, mm. they can also add my book in it yes. now, which is so cool. Yeah. And we've got the the, the gift cards yeah. for the course. Yeah. So yeah, real honour having like, yeah, yeah, followed Don't Buy Her Flowers for so many years and yeah, gifted boxes to other people when they've mm. had their baby. Mm, Love to you. be, yeah. yeah in them. In, in them, the yeah, like a part of it. <laughs> it's lush. Thank you. So moving on to the topic of today's episode and why this kind of links to it, mm. we're going to be talking about the experience of losing your mind after having children. Yeah. So to be clear, we're not talking about serious or diagnosed mental health conditions though I do plan to discuss that another time. Mm -hmm. But right now we're focusing on the combination of sleep deprivation, exhaustion, raging hormones and overwhelming responsibility. <laughs> that sounds so much fun. Quite a combination, yeah. <laughs> I should just um, say, also I am pregnant with my fourth and I've chosen to do this and they are <laughs> yeah, worth having. Three, They're so worth it's having. Not, it's not like we had one. <laughs> sounds like it's really awful. Yeah, no, but it's, it's all right. <laughs> hormones, responsibility that comes with being a parent to a small person or multiple small people that can cause you to act somewhat irrationally at mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the moments of madness that leave you feeling like you've completely lost your mind. And I would genuinely be surprised if anyone listening hasn't experienced that at some point mm. whilst navigating early parenthood. Yeah. You have a baby, especially for the first time. Yeah. You get sent home. You just want to recover and have people look after you. But instead, you're having to look after someone else. And I think with the first one as well, you don't value your recovery potentially I mean yeah. it took me to my third to realize that yeah. I actually needed to take some time to recover so you're doing mad things charging about and trying to keep up with your old life almost because it's overnight changed yeah. and actually you just need to lie down a bit it's so true like it is really important to prioritize mm. so because we're the positive birth company yes. we usually like to focus on empowering parents rather than frightening them but there's no denying that the postpartum period can be tough grueling and brutal at points so I think it's important that we talk about that and for everyone really however you're feeding your baby whatever baby you've got mm. people say oh easy babies difficult babies there's never really a truly easy baby no so you've got the constant feeding you've got the lack of sleep you're healing however you've given birth mm -hmm. you're learning how to do a lot of new things for the first time potentially you're on call 24 7 there's no breaks Big responsibility, caring for a new baby. So it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. Whether it's your first or your fourth, it's, it's a lot. And I it's think a lot. realizing the bit that was, I couldn't get my head around, I didn't have my head around until the baby arrived, is that you can feel both things of that you can feel this complete overwhelm, as well as I have never loved anything like I love this. Yeah, it's baby. not either or. No, it's and. So yeah. you, it doesn't mean that you don't love your baby if yeah. you're also going, oh my God, this is horrific. I just think it's no surprise that you feel like you can't think clearly or that you're losing your mind just with all of that kind of cocktail of sleep and hormones and yeah. feeding and demands and responsibility. It's just like, I don't want to say a recipe for disaster, but it's, it's a but recipe it's, for a very challenging time. But it's worth acknowledging, yeah, that it's, it's hard because it is hard. Like there's a yeah. lot going on. And if you're battling against that and going, oh, no, but I should be fine because this is what millions of women have done yeah. for loads of years and blah, 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 then you're not allowing yourself to just feel... And acknowledge yeah. that it's hard. I mean, the sleep alone is really difficult, I think. And, you know, there's so much research and evidence that if you are sleep deprived, yeah. 
it actually impacts your memory and your cognitive ability. 100%. And when you've got a new baby and you've got, you're having such little sleep and it's so broken, it's no wonder that you can't function like mentally at the level that you were functioning before. Like just even from a scientific point of view, it's going to have an impact on your brain, your mind, how you're able to perform in your day-to-day life. But um, science aside, what I thought we could do is share some of the more kind of funny, mad, irrational things that we've done Mm -hmm. whilst knee-deep in the postpartum trenches. Um, I've also got some stories that have been submitted by the Positive Birth Company community to share. And hopefully by doing so, we can reassure people that they're not alone in feeling this way. And it can also, I think, be quite an isolating experience when you have a baby, especially if you've, yeah, you've been living your life, especially first time round. Yeah. You might find that you're at home a lot of the time alone, perhaps. Mm-hmm. If you do have a partner, maybe they're around a bit at the beginning, but then they go. Yeah. The visitors sort of inundate oh. you at the beginning, but then they sort of disappear. disappear. They come at the worst time. Yeah. And not when <laughs> and you then, actually yeah. need the help. Yeah. And then you're kind of at home and your whole life has changed and maybe you're not feeling like yourself and like you mentioned at the beginning, maybe you were thinking it was going to be brilliant and rosy mm-hmm. and wonderful mm-hmm. and easy. And actually you discover it's not quite as you imagined. Yeah. I think it can be really difficult. Yeah, definitely. So shall I share? Shall yes. I, or or you, do you want to go first or shall we share some of the messages? You go. I've got a few pregnancy ones, but you go, you go with yours. Okay. So we shared this on our both our stories yesterday. Mm-hmm. We asked, have you done anything really silly since having a baby? And this is what people had to say. And a lot of people shared that they'd gone out to do errands and then realised they were wearing their slippers. That seems like a rite of passage of, like, becoming a parent. And I've certainly done that a few times. Yeah. Like, you're wearing your slippers at home, you just go out the door. One of my mates wore two different shoes, like, not a pair. <laughs> not <laughs> even matching. Two, just two oh different God. shoes. And didn't realise until she got to work. and was like, oh, no. <laughs> but the slippers thing, I think, happens, like, quite often. Mm. You're, and especially if you're getting kids out the door and everything, and you've got your slip, you feel like you've got something on your feet, so you just... Just go to go. A common theme that seems to come up is people putting water into their tea or coffee that, but without boiling the kettle. Yeah. A lot of people said that. We've got quite a few people losing items by putting it in the fridge or the freezer. It's funny. It's what what is going on with that? It must. It's just the distraction, I guess, of your you're thinking about so much yeah. maybe, and so your head's just not computing what you're no. actually trying it's to do. Too full. It's yeah. Too, right. Someone here has added olive oil to their water instead of squash. Oh, that would have been nasty. Someone went to the bank, got some money out, went to the post office, then posted the cash straight into the post box. (laughs) I hope they got their cash out. Yeah. I mean, there's loads, but they are a lot around those kind of themes. The timings were a problem for me. So I remember going to take one of the kids to a party and getting there. They were doing the cake, and I was like, that's weird. They're doing the cake at the bit. Basically, I'd arrived for the last five minutes of the party. Oh, no. <laughs> so then they handed out party bags, yeah. sliced up the cake, and everyone was leaving. And I was like, oh, God. And I, I just felt so bad. Like, I really beat myself up about it because it was like a party. That kid was going to a party. Yeah. But you hadn't realized they, you were well, late. Well, they got the best bit. Yeah. They got the party bag yeah. and a bit of cake. That's what you they go for, isn't really, it? Yeah, they yeah. didn't really know what was going on. But I was just like, oh, God. I'm more, I'm like a bit mortified because. You're just thinking, oh God, these parents must think I'm such an idiot. No one cared. You've but that's so how much I. in your mind. Yeah. yeah. Another person said they would wake up in the night patting the beds and panicking that they'd lost the baby, but he was always in the bassinet. That right. has happened to me. Yeah. And I think when you're feeding in the night and it's like. It's a blur. It's a blur, and you put your baby back down. And that then, early bit as well, when they might be waking up every half hour yeah. or 45 minutes. So you can't it's remember. Just one, no. uh, but I remember patting the bed in the dark, being yeah. like, the baby's in the bed somewhere. Yeah. And actually the baby was like in the crib. Someone walked home from work one day and forgot that they drove. (laughs) Walked all the way home. I did that. I did Did that. Yeah, I did. I've totally forgotten that. I got the train back and then realised I'd left my car. It was just so annoying. I think Doug went and got it because he felt bad. But I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Not thinking straight at all. And like also losing the car. I've done that before. I've often not remembered where I parked. Mm, Yeah, all the time. Been like, I still do that now, and I'm like, where did I? Nearly five, so I don't know. I I want to offer reassurance to people that it gets better, but I'm not like totally sure that it does. I feel like maybe it has some like lasting impact (laughs) on your mind. Do you have um, any particular moments of madness that stick out in your memory, like once your baby had arrived? I've got some pregnant. I've got you look back and laugh. Pregnancy ones. I've got one. So with my second, I think I was about six weeks or so. It was really early on, and I didn't know I was pregnant. Doug was like, well, I'm going to get fish and chips for tea. And I was like, I don't want fish and chips. I just felt really heavy. And I think yeah. it'd just been Christmas. And then when he got back, he hadn't got mushy peas. 
And having said I didn't want any of the fish and chips, I lost my shit that he hadn't got mushy peas. And I picked up a handful of his chips and threw them across the room, like proper rage. And I rang (laughs) my friend, absolutely furious, and just going, he did this. And she was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And she's like, could you be pregnant? Because I remember you being like this when you had your... (laughs) Yeah, and so she figured out, and I didn't even know that I was pregnant, but I just, the rage had And just so irrational. It's so irrational. I didn't, I certainly didn't want any dinner. Oh, I didn't want fish and chips specifically, and then was completely like, you're so... And I think I called him selfish. So selfish. And chucked stuff across the room, and he's like, whoa. So selfish. Unbelievable. You said you didn't want it, and he doesn't bring it. And then, oh. But I think, yeah, the hormones have a lot to um, answer for. Yeah. But yeah, so you think it kind of starts in pregnancy and that's interesting, like the kind of, yeah, how that like irrational kind of behaviour. And that, that's hormone, that, I mean, it's like being premenstrual or whatever, yeah. isn't it? It's that, it, you Elevated. don't feel like you've got any control of it. Yeah. And it's like when you are really angry and you're getting your period and then you're like, no, I'm very angry about all these things. Yeah. And then you get your period and like, oh, that was why I was right. angry, but you don't, you don't need anyone else to moment. point that out. Yeah. No. no, that would be dangerous to point it out yeah. at the moment. Yeah. And obviously we've heard the term baby brain and that mm. seems to happen in pregnancy as well, like mm. that somehow your memory is affected. So it's, it seems to be definitely like it starts before the baby comes mm. and whether it ever fully resolves. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's a phase where you feel like you return, I think. Yeah. Probably about a year in. Yeah. After each baby. That's quite optimistic. A year in. Well, just where I felt I couldn't like. I like to hear to... that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to give birth soon. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not okay. too many. Yeah, I'm about no, to normal. I think <laughs> I think it's I couldn't listen to music. I didn't really I mean, without being too depressing, I didn't really laugh that much when the babies were small because my brain just couldn't get to that. Like I was permanently furious with Doug when I had small kids. Yeah, I've got that's my like next question. Yeah, yeah. Actually, for you is about like the rage. So I but didn't. The music's interesting because I yeah. went off listening to music as well. It was like I didn't need the unnecessary noise. Yes, it just felt like noise, which yeah. is. And I can remember being in a car and cranking up the music and singing along and being like almost taken aback by hearing myself yeah. and being like, oh, I've, I feel I've lighter. Returned. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's okay. Like. We hear quite a lot of like, you've got to make the most of maternity leave and start a business or all this stuff. And it's like, actually, there's so much going on that if you need to just take a step back from a lot of stuff, it's okay because it's also really short lived and you do come back. And it is, I personally think it does get easier and your kids become a bit more reliable in that when they sleep or when they can eat or all that stuff. Yeah. And then you You find yourself a bit more. It's interesting. I've never heard anyone else say about the music thing, but Mm. I used to be so into music and then went to just not being able to listen to it at all because I just wanted quiet. Yeah. Because there's so much going on. You just want like quiet. Yeah. You have your whole, your life and then you've got like all of the life admin of all the other people that you're responsible for. Something that I think is potentially something that is different with men and women or mums and dads is that the consideration. So you will consider just as an automatic course of thought all the things about your kid like whether they've fed or they need new shoes or whether they've had enough sleep and as well as your family probably and maybe your parents and your relationships and keeping on top there's all this stuff turning through yeah all of that but there's this consideration piece and I when I had it explained to me I was like yeah I'm I'm always my thought needs to be, is everyone okay? Basically, is everyone yeah. okay? Are all these things in line? Everyone's needs are met. Everyone's needs are met before you kind of get to yours quite yeah. often. And I don't think men have that. So, for example, if there's a, we get an invitation to something, Doug yeah. would go, yeah, great. Whereas I would go, can we do that? Have we got babysitters? Yeah. What, what day is that? Is there on? anything yeah. else? Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. And we're trying to become more equal. Like yeah. We're working on that because that would be more fair and, yeah. we, and it's got better but it's it seems to be that those are the roles that we kind of fell into yeah. when we first had kids and also I think away from gender is also just different people like mm. some people seem to be more relaxed about things mm. whereas I'm someone who makes like loads of lists and is mm. quite like you know anxious about making sure that I've thought of everything done everything you know can't go to sleep until I've done everything yeah yeah so I feel it's like, like that bedtime yeah. when you're going like I want it I don't want to sort out the kitchen I want yeah. to be tired I don't yeah want to I'm like that yeah Whereas I'm like I that think... person at three o'clock in the morning I'll be like I'm going to hoover that because I won't be able to sleep yeah because I know that there's that thing that needs to be done and I'd yeah. rather do it now than yeah. have to remember it to do it tomorrow but I think that's something that probably we could be 
better at in that we probably need to take a leaf out of other people's books yeah. to go like, I, like a, I want to be more chilled out. That doesn't out matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's hard though if yeah. it's who you are. But yeah. I think that to go like that, especially when you have got a new baby, that stuff doesn't matter. It's yeah. all going to be there. Like, you know, when people say that they can't nap in the day. Yeah. I'm one of them people that say I can't nap right. in the day. So I think you have to get into the mindset of like all that stuff yeah. will still be there. Like the dishwasher to empty the person you needed to email like all that stuff but your window to sleep is so small so like I would as soon as I'd put down the baby with my third that was when I had to quickly go and lie down and fuck everything else off and I think that's uh, a skill like if you're not naturally that way inclined and once you start doing it you then go oh there's a massive benefit to this so maybe it's like try it for a bit and then you maybe this is the baby that I'll nail nail naps but yeah I find it really difficult to nap even if I try I like actively go to your brain's racing yeah because I've got so many things I'm like I'm wasting time lying in this bed like I've got things to do you know like okay we're gonna work on that yeah 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 yeah. But today, a major step actually for me because I'm, I'm preparing to go on mat leave. Yes. My first ever mat leave. Fourth child in. Yeah, I finally got my inbox down to like completely empty. Oh, Everything's wow. in the folders and I have deleted the inbox from my phone. That's so big. this is the yeah. inbox I have checked every single day. And you yes. know, running a business, yeah. you don't get weekends off no. or like holidays off. I have checked this inbox every day for seven years. Oh, that's years. really good. And it, as of like an hour ago, it's deleted off my phone. That's good. I am like, oh my God. Like now it feels like I'm actually going to be on mat leave yeah that's not something then that's constantly like pinging into your brain yeah 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 of like emails and things to do so maybe you will be able to nap when you yeah. haven't got that i feel like maybe this baby's gonna really like force me to or enable me to slow down and yeah. stop because yeah. i'm like i'm going on mat leave so as long as you've given yourself that permission yeah then i did i did so I, we were four years in when i had frank to the business yeah and i did but i had to put stuff in place so yes, that was which is what I, to help yeah. me and then also to help the business yeah so another thing that you've sort of touched upon that can happen, which is perhaps less funny than like putting your keys in the fridge or <laughs> yeah. forgetting your words. Yeah. Um, yeah, less funny is that rage that you can mm. experience and then mm. the impact that can have then on your relationship. Mm. And I know that you've spoken about that before mm. and obviously a lot of people related. That was, I think I wrote a blog post. Which it went was, viral, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was when new mums get angry and it was before I started the business, I did the blog first yeah. and it was probably one of the ones that gave me the push to start the business I was like oh so actually everyone feels like that or a lot of people feel like this because I had so many messages but yeah just absolute seeing and I'm not an angry person I'm not a violent person (laughs) just throw mushy peas occasionally but that again hormones (laughs) but I was just livid with Doug no one else yeah just with Doug but what I wonder because I you often hear people can't stand the sound of their partner breathing mm-hmm. like mm. after they've had a baby yeah and I wonder if it's like some weird like evolutionary thing that stops you from conceiving again too soon so it, you're like literally repulsed <laughs> yeah. by you your repulse partner me. don't you can't stand them. yeah maybe I don't know if it's like there's actually like a reason for it but yeah how did that manifest for you I think and this is very much in hindsight at the time I just felt really really angry but I think a lot of it was because it felt like he just got to carry on and my life had changed significantly. And he still got to be a dad. He still got to be a parent, same as I was a parent. But he got to go to work. And I was envious of him going on a train and sitting quietly and eating what he wanted and going to prep and buying a sandwich. Like all that stuff. Whereas I felt like I was very stuck. And also I was really hard on myself. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting this all wrong. Like Buster, my first, didn't cry very much. He was like his needs were met now I can look and go his needs were met and he was just pretty placid but he didn't smile till he was like 11 weeks old and I interpreted that as he hates me and I'm making his actually that's quite normal isn't it he's just a baby well my friend had a baby at the same time who started smiling at like five six weeks so I but I I just like my baby's not happy yeah (laughs) I'm I'm not doing this right and he and he wasn't he just he was quite discerning he still is But I took it really personally, whereas Doug didn't have, that wasn't even going through his head, you know. But all this stuff, it just felt like my life had changed very much and his hadn't. And he didn't help himself by doing, like, we were quite young. He might have gone out and got really pissed and come back late. And that was just, I was... That's fuel to the fire. Fuel to the fire, because it's like, I can't do that. Not that I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. And I think 
it's funny because I think I just my head was so consumed with the baby and I couldn't work out why his wasn't yeah and it feels unfair and it felt and there's resentment and, and it resentment was resentment and, and also I was probably quite scared because I'm not an angry but I, I hadn't ever felt that yeah. rage and it's like well who is who am I and, yeah. and I felt lost I I did feel like I lost my identity for a while all the things that validate you is who you are, you know, your friendships or conversations with people where you might make someone laugh or, you know, yeah. none of that was happening. And so it just felt really strange. But it was interesting. I was talking to Anna Martha, yeah. who's a psychotherapist, and she was saying that it's quite often when your feelings are invalidated and you don't know what those feelings are, it will come out as something else, quite often right. rage. So actually probably what was going on is I needed to be able to communicate better with my husband. We'd only been married a couple of years. Yeah. I think we communicate a lot better now, yeah. having been married 15 or whatever. And I went to a GP actually with my second where I was just like, I just feel, I was about three months in and I, I can, we were walking across a bridge and I turned to Doug and was like, I'm not right, I don't feel right. It's that feeling of like, everyone else is moving around you and seems yeah. to be just getting on with their life and you feel like you're in a almost like a bubble like right. you've got a a bowl on your head because you're slightly cocooned from yeah. everyone you're not quite connected in the conversations yeah. and the and that's how I felt and and the GP was like have you spoken to your husband about it? it's like well I you know he's just a idiot yeah. he's like you, you need to try when you're calm not in yeah. the moment yeah. which we know to explain how you feel because perhaps then he will that's really good advice it was really GP. good advice and he's like and if ongoing if you trial that and it's not working come back and maybe you need some medication or whatever and actually as soon as I'd said it out loud the fact like acknowledging the fact I'm really fucked off with him yeah <laughs> or I'm upset or I'm lonely or whatever that was enough that was enough to be able to go actually I need some conversations with some friends yeah. I need to be able to say to people I'm struggling and I need to talk to Doug and for him to sit and listen. Yeah. And that helped. That and was I massively think when you, helped. when you are having the conversation not in rage as well, it's going to be received better. Like yeah. he's going to be able well, to... Well, rather than like you're used to it. Be defensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. going to be... Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you how angry I am, but in a calm voice. So. Yeah. Yeah. And when you did <laughs> yeah. that, that was really unfair. Yeah. Or that makes me feel like when you go off to work, I feel really... And, and it might not even make be logical. Yeah. And I think the big thing the point that Doug got to is that he realised that he wasn't dealing with his normal wife. If I was being awful, he'd be like, God, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong? And actually after a while he was like, oh, I needed to just cut you some slack. And yeah. be like, she's gone through a lot. Yeah. Her hormones are doing stuff. She's not yeah. had enough sleep. She's doing a really good job, but she thinks she's doing a terrible job. Like, just it's be just kind to her. a learning curve massive, like, for everyone. Massive. And what I found, like, really interesting about this is that how common it is. So, obviously, I'm from the Positive Birth Company. Yeah. And we make... Well, we started by making the hypnobirthing course. And then it's obviously grown from there. Mm. But the next course that we did, so the online course, is the postpartum pack. Yeah. And that literally came from people asking for it. Yeah. So, people were, like, felt so informed about birth, so ready. And then I came home and I was, like, felt what overwhelmed yeah. and prepared. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that we were including like the right workshops and covering the right things. So we actually asked the community to tell us what they wish they'd known more about or had more support with. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had like vague ideas of what I expected them to say. I thought people would want help with feeding, sleeping, yeah. you know, like recovery, yeah. mental health even, because those are kind of like common challenges. Yeah. What I didn't expect was how many people said they wish they'd known more about the impact having a baby would have on their relationship yeah, and yeah. how they wish they'd had more support with that. Because it's really scary. If you're like constant and you're solid prior to having a yeah. baby is your partner and you feel like a team and you've decided to have a baby together. If you think, oh my God, I've made a terrible mistake. This was the wrong person. We yeah. don't get... Like, it, it, it's really frightening. Yeah. And the other thing I think that's worth remembering is that your parents or people who, you know, who've gone yeah. before you... They forget. So I can remember when I wrote the post about being really angry with Doug, speaking to my dad, and went, oh, Steph, you know, I don't think me and your mum felt like that. And yeah. then my mum was in the back and she said, well, there was that time I threw a knife at you. And oh, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. That's where it's come from. Yeah, like, but they've, yeah. For, they've forgotten. Yeah, of course. Because that was just, it was an emotion. And it yeah. was, but in the, at the end of it, there was a baby. And then you've got years and years later. Yeah. I think it's it's really common, but if everyone around you is going cherish every moment and that yeah. that whole bloody line, 
And you're going, hashtag I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just so fucking angry. Yeah. It's really hard to yeah. then be able to open up and say, this is rubbish. And people don't like saying, oh, my relationship's going down the pan at that point, probably. No, if they, they feel very vulnerable. Yeah. And yeah. But I think even just like hearing that, like alone, the fact that thousands of people, yeah. when asked what they needed help with, said this relationship. that exact thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very common, obviously, to have a baby and, and that to have a massive impact on your relationship. Yeah. The Positive Birth Company offers award-winning online courses that are affordable, accessible and inclusive, giving you on-demand access to leading experts whenever you need them. You can watch on any device from anywhere in the world at any time of day or night. They are also the creators of the Freya app, the world's first virtual birth partner app, and produce tons of free resources and workshops to help you navigate everything from the early days and weeks after birth breastfeeding, bottle feeding and baby loss, as well as specific workshops for LGBTQ plus parents and black women and birthing people. All of these workshops are completely free and you can find them on the Positive Birth Company's YouTube channel. And if you're pregnant and looking to connect with others who are due at the same time, then go to the Positive Birth Company's Facebook page and hit the Groups tab to find your bump club. These groups are free to join and are a great place to go for support, advice and solidarity. You might even make a friend for life. Again, I'll be sure to include links to everything I've mentioned in the show notes. So advice, (laughs) sharing advice for people. We don't want it to be all doom and gloom. There definitely are things that can make the experience better. Like you Mm -hmm. talked about communication, things like that. Yeah. Probably important to say we're not experts. (laughs) Yeah. Not relationship experts. But we have six children between us. Soon to be seven. Yeah, yeah. Done it a few times. So... Do you have any advice for someone with with a new baby? So someone who's already had their baby and is kind of in that postpartum fog, what would be your advice for them? So if you can to get some help, and that might be that you can pay someone to help, that could be a cleaner, it could be a doula. I had a doula with my third and it was just changed everything. It's also acknowledging that you can lean on other people and people actually really like to help, especially if they either haven't got kids or they haven't got kids yet or they're a bit further down the line. Like people like helping other people and it's not asking that much. I remember like being able to say to someone, so my older two were at school when I had Frank and asking someone to drop them home because I, I think the baby just fallen asleep. I'd had a really bad night and day and was like, oh God, I'm going to have to put them in the car. It's going to wake them up. And that the logistics of it all just felt a bit much. Doug was away and just saying would you be able to pick up my kids and drop them home and they're like of course and they drop them off at the door and they're like anything else I can do and you're like that was so easy and I never did that with the first two because I was so busy trying to go I can do this it's fine and spinning plates and trying to smile at the same time and actually it was really lovely to let someone else do it and it's only short term you know because very quickly they're a solid baby who doesn't have that same need but that first bit, if you can get help, or like, can you pick me up some potatoes or whatever? Like that stuff is is not that time, much. And you would do the yeah. same, right? Yeah. You would do it. For, you know that you would do it for other people. I mean, if yeah. you wouldn't, then maybe don't ask anyone because <laughs> no. you're but not that's very actually nice. What I was going to say is like <laughs> one thing that really stuck with me, and it came from Anna Martha, who we've mentioned, mm. who's a psychotherapist, mm. and she actually delivers one of the workshops in the postpartum pack, the one right. on mental yeah, yeah, yeah. health. Yeah. And one of the things that she said to me when we were filming, I'm not even sure if it made it into the final pack. It was more like we were just having a conversation. Mm. And she said to me, how would you feel if someone came to you wanting help, like one of your friends? Mm. Mm. And I was like, I'd feel really honoured that they'd like chosen to approach me, yeah. especially for something sensitive, like absolutely want to help them. And yeah, yeah I would feel almost grateful that they had felt confident yeah. or like comfortable enough to disclose to me that like, I'd been chosen to to be that person yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. And she was like, well, that's how people Feel. will think if you were to ask for help yeah. of them. Yeah. I thought that was so, like, that was a really like, like light bulb moment. Yeah. I think it's easy to think, I don't want to ask for help. So I'll be a burden to someone. Their yeah. life is oh, busy. We're so busy trying not to be burdened. You know, like, like, I'll just be adding something to their plate. Mm-hmm. They'll feel obliged to help. Mm-hmm. And then actually, would I feel any of those things if someone asked me to help? them no and And if you couldn't do it you'd have to say I'm really sorry I can't help and but But the likelihood is that when you ask someone that's your friend for help 
they're going to feel exactly the same way yeah. as you would if they asked you for help. Yeah. Which, yeah, if you're, if you're a think, nice person, you'd be, you like, do. <laughs> so be like, I don't want to help me. But I think the other thing, just thinking on advice, I wrote a post about pulling up the drawbridge and that's, that's, yes, been that's the, the one that's gone the most. Yeah, that's, and it's st- I still get comments on it. So that was four years ago because I wrote it just after I had Frank. But that, again, that idea of you don't have to be out and doing stuff and if you feel great and you're calm and you're not anxious and you're physically feeling great great go for it but for most people in those first couple of weeks you're not feeling those things and we overdo it like I can remember Doug coming in I'm sweeping the kitchen floor and he's like why are you doing that all like, oh, the floor's messy and he's like okay but go and lie down yeah. like you don't yeah. And I think probably it was because there were people coming over and and people just feel the need to be there within bloody 24 hours of you getting out of the hospital. And actually, as we said earlier, a couple of months in when you're lonely and tired and someone could come around with cake, that's when you need the visitors, I think. So I think you can protect yourself a bit by perhaps when you're pregnant having those conversations with family. Because I know so many people where, you know, mother-in-law's turned up with a suitcase and she's staying oh, for a week and no. things like that. The worst time. I know, or a friend yeah. who had a C-section and 15 people visited her in the hospital oh, with her first That's baby. That's a major surgery. Major surgery, yeah. but also like she'll be home in a few days. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll get messaging people going, well, I'm finding it really hard. It's like, well, you have to protect yourself. Yeah. And you have a conversation with your partner if you can. And you do it together. Because I, I know with my first there'd be two visits a day it'd be someone in the morning and someone in the afternoon and a few weeks in just sitting on the sofa like crying just being like I'm so tired and I'd be okay when people were there because you're a bit buzzy and the adrenaline's still going and but then they you'd be depleted afterwards and you'd miss a feed or you'd you know or you wouldn't give a full feed because and you'd then be distracted like a and then you're yeah. up in the night and it's like especially if you're trying to learn to breastfeed for the first it's time hard, it's hard and you've got like loads of visitors around and like you're trying to get your boob out for the first time position oh, the baby you're, you're, yeah and there's a bloke sitting just, opposite yeah. you and you're like oh here's so my boob hard. and once you're in the swing of it you don't care anyway but in that yeah. first bit you don't know what you're doing do you no. so i think protecting yourself and your partner and allowing the two of you to work it out together if you've got a partner yeah like just to learn and work it out because it's a massive learning curve so kind of having once the baby's there i guess having the confidence to kind of like ring fence your home and your time and like protect yourself it might feel uncomfortable to say to someone like actually can you come next week week?" but when you then feel physically and mentally clearer and better because you've looked after yourself and you are the most important person this is the thing also i would say to new mums you're the most important person if you're okay everything else is okay. If you're okay and you're not completely frazzled, screaming at everyone, not able to feed properly because you haven't given your body a chance to do it, then you're in trouble. And I think we don't know that. If you can put you first almost, you are then putting everyone else first. Everyone else's needs. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess having the confidence to ask for help. And I always think like it's a sign of strength, not weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've actually, everyone's going to have a struggle, but people want to help, like we've said. Yeah. But then, yeah, in pregnancy, so someone who hasn't yet got to that, expectant parents, what would you recommend? I mean, you've touched upon it a little bit, but for them to kind of prepare for that afterbirth, postnatal period. It's just thinking about it, because I didn't think about it. Lots of people focus on the birth and forget about the the after. So I think preparing in pregnancy for the after um, is really good. And making a postnatal care plan, which is, um, I've not done that before, and I'm doing it this time. Right. I feel like that's almost as important as the birth plan. What does that look like? So, like, thinking about the things like you've said, like, you know... Practical stuff. The food, like, yeah. you know, uh, stocking up the freezer. Yeah. I know that in your care packages for new mums, you can add cook vouchers, yeah. which is yeah. brilliant, which is means that people can Amazing. order, like, lovely frozen ready meals. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's a case of just cooking, batch cooking in pregnancy. Yeah. Thinking about if you've got pets or kids, you know, who's going to be taking the dog for a walk in that early, like mm. those early days mm. and weeks, maybe? Yeah. Who's doing the school or run? school run. Yeah. And that, like, again, those kind of practical things. I think things. what we do is we beat ourselves up because we might be like I need to do the school run because my kid needs me because they've got all this change going on like I can remember feeling that but then it's only a couple of weeks potentially it doesn't have to be a really long time and actually if a friend of theirs like parent is taking them they're Mm. probably going to love it I know you said you had a postnatal doula and actually that I'm getting a postnatal doula this time as well so tell me how was how did that help so very very weirdly I was in a car park 
like when I must have been about 35 weeks pregnant or something and I had two other kids and massive belly and this random like complete stranger in the car park said oh you're number three is it and I said yep yep and she said do me a favor don't be a martyr and I was like okay uh and then she said you don't need to do everything get help but she was like almost pleading with me it was really weird but also she wasn't the doula that was just like a stranger she She wasn't like and here's my card and it made no she'd had she'd had kids and it made me really emotional instantly because I was like oh hang on I think she's right she's like you don't need to do everything if you can get some help I was like, okay. And I, and it literally like weirdly hypnotized. I went off and looked on I think it was on doula.co.uk or whatever. Doula.org. That's yeah. it. Doula UK. And I found somebody and lots of them had stuff next to so I wanted a postnatal. I didn't want one for birth. Doug yeah. was great and Bert was like together we were great. Yeah. And I was due in November and I thought I'll be all right to Christmas. Because yeah. the first few weeks I was gonna look after myself. I'd be yeah. in a bit of a bubble and I was like, it's like seven weeks in when you start to just feel oh, that's really very clever. Knackered. So you didn't have it like straight away. So you didn't like, want it straight you away when you w- would need it. And then Sophia, it turns out, came over, and in her on her like page on the site, it just said something about doing whatever needed to be done yeah. to look after a new mum. And lots of them had stuff like, "I am not a housekeeper." I am not like lots of rules about what they weren't. Yeah. Whereas she just seemed very open, and like now she's a good friend. Her kids can babysit for us and stuff. She's amazing, oh, nice. but she is the one of the warmest people I've ever met. And she sat opposite me, and I'm sitting in my kitchen, 35 weeks pregnant. She was like, "I just think that new mums need looking after, and that's what I'm here to do." And I just sobbed. Yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, I do. it is exactly what you need." Exactly. And she used to. Oh my god, she used to. If I see, I get emotional yeah. now. She used to strap Frank to her, and she'd be like, "Right, off you go. Send me up to bed to sleep." She was cooking something. She'd come, oh, she'd bring she random got, food. Oh, God. Yeah, like she was. And I've recommended so yeah. many people. And I've met, I've been like, I was at the Scummy Mummies or something. And the person next to me went, oh my God, you recommended Sophia on Instagram. Yeah. And, and she was the life changing. And these oh, people who she's Well, it was you to. that inspired me to look into getting a postnatal oh, doula. It just, and obviously I live in a different area. So yeah, yeah. Sophia, unfortunately, not my. Well, but um, yeah, I thought. Like if I'm going to spend money on getting some private support, yeah. that's where I'm going to need it but most. But it doesn't. I think the other thing is it sounds really fancy, right? Yeah. And, and you think, oh, yeah, I, I want, want to talk it. about that. Well, so I think it was two afternoons a yeah. week and it was for a couple of hours. It wasn't yeah. for like all day. It was for a couple of hours. But the, the timing of it was that when the baby was small, it meant I could sleep or whatever. Yeah. But also she would hold Frank and I could go and get the kids without having to take yeah. Frank with me. And for those two afternoons, I felt like I was being a really good mum to them. Because yeah. I'd pick them up, I'd be able to sing, yeah. I'd be able to chat to them in the car like, and check on their day. And that then obviously helped me to feel just better. Like yeah. as a person, I was managing to juggle it. Yeah. And I think you could think it's this really cost prohibitive thing. And yeah. actually it could be that you only do it for a couple of weeks and yeah. you do it when it's going to be really yeah. intense or your partner's away. Like Doug was away yeah. a lot. So I really did. She'd yeah. come to the door and I'd often cry. <laughs> the same, I mean, that's why, like when I sat down and met the lady that is going to be my doula, yeah. she's like, what do you, you know, what are you hoping for? Yeah. I was like, yeah. really, the main thing I want is someone to come and take the baby so I can sleep. Yeah. And because I'm doing this solo this time, mm. And I don't have like family locally. And like you say, like historically, you'd have had a whole community yeah. around you. Like yeah. I don't really have anyone who's going to be coming through the door to help. Like mm. no knight in shining armor. Yeah. So although I feel like I am aware it's such a privilege to be able to have a private yeah. doula, yeah. it's not something I could have afforded with any of my previous children. Yeah. So I feel like almost a bit guilty about having it because I'm like, yeah, I, I, and I didn't tell like, anyone for ages. I feel like, like it's help that other people need and can't have. Like in, myself included with the previous children yeah, but yeah. I've actually tried to let that go if somebody was listening and they're thinking I wanted that can't afford it you could look at I mean again when you talk about what could you do in pregnancy yeah. well, that's something you could potentially save for or it's something you could uh, if someone's saying oh what can I get you when you have what can I get yeah. for the baby that you know yeah. like give me some cash to get yeah. some help or something like that's because people always want to do stuff and buy stuff and yeah. things that's a real practical yeah. helpful thing yeah. or it might be that you have a partner that's going to be coming home every day like who's gonna be that help or maybe you have family yeah. or friends that are gonna come but it's so important I think to find if you can Something. some way of having someone that's going to be coming to help you yeah just even mentally knowing that someone's coming yeah is, is good not like a visitor who you need to make tea for not that type of no person. and if you are a visitor yeah. and you're going to see sometimes then just yeah. go and clean wash up don't yeah. ask don't yeah. say can I help you or what can I do for you because yeah. that's another 
thing to think about. That's yeah, if you're why going, I think if you're going to someone's house in that very early period, yeah, yeah you're, you've either got to go there and do something or bring something. Yeah, not flowers. Don't not buy your flowers. No, don't buy flowers. <laughs> but, but bring something like food or do something when you're there. The washing up or, yeah. or something. Or take there. their toddler out. Yeah. So that they get that small break or any their dog. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Definitely. Hundred percent. I know this episode so far has been about like moments of madness and like more of the lighthearted stuff, but. Obviously, it's not always lighthearted. And sometimes mm. those moments of madness can become more than just moments and sort of become a bigger thing. Mm. And I think that's not the focus of this podcast. But I do want to say, if you do have concerns about your mental health, mm. please do seek help, you know, via your midwife, if it's in the early days after birth mm. or, or in pregnancy or your health visitor or your GP or even disclosing how you're feeling to friends and family. Mm. But there are various things that you might be offered. You talked about your GP actually just said, like go home and talk to your partner which is really good but you can also be offered talking therapy or medication Mm. I think there's a bit of a dangerous myth that you can't take medication for your mental health in pregnancy or when breastfeeding Mm. but actually that's not true and I always talk openly about the fact that I'm on sertraline for anxiety and I continue to take it through pregnancy because it's safe Mm. and also because the benefits of doing so outweigh the risks of not you know not just for me and my mental health but also for the baby because we know that stress and anxiety actually isn't good for a developing baby either. So mm-hmm. although maybe it's not ideal to take medication in pregnancy, mm. it's sometimes the better option. I think there's a whole spectrum of postnatal emotion or depression yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And anxiety it. and yeah, all sorts Most of people things. sit somewhere on that spectrum after having a baby, whether that's baby blues or whatever. Most people have some some experience of yeah. that. And that's totally normal and it is passing, yeah. I would say. And I'd say everyone experiences something like yeah. that. Yeah. But if it becomes more than that and it's like interfering with your day-to-day and mm-hmm. it's persistent low mood or it's anxiety that's causing you to do things that are preventing you from sleeping and recovering, mm. like certainly seek help. I would say to anyone that's just had a baby that you're doing a better job of all of it than you will ever think you are. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if you're worrying about, am I doing the best for my baby? It's yeah. because you care so much yeah. and you are likely doing the best for your baby. Yeah. With the tools yeah. you've got and the knowledge you've got, you're doing yeah. the best and it works out. Yeah. And also there's no right or wrong way to be doing things. Like, you know, if you think that someone, like you said, someone else's baby is smiling before yours <laughs> or someone else is doing something else. You yeah. know, every parent is different. Every baby is different. Yeah. And everyone's learning. And you you realise that once you start being a parent. Well, and like, no one knows what they're doing. With it's we the just first, got to like, muddle along. I felt like everyone knew what they were doing and it was only kind of later on that I realized that no they didn't they might have looked like they did they might have had it more together they might have spent their precious time like putting makeup on so they looked like they had it together or they Mm. might have they might have said oh no we get loads more and then you talk to them like a year later and like oh it's dreadful I had postnatal depression you kind of oh okay so people don't necessarily not everybody is really open and honest so you just need to find the people that you do connect with who are okay to do that and but don't worry about everyone else. Everyone that's having a baby for the first time is in the same boat. And for so long, like in terms of not knowing what they're doing, they haven't done it before. Mm. For so long when I was with my first and I was so young, I was 20 when I was pregnant mm. and 21 when he was born. I thought the reason I didn't know anything was because I was young. Right. So I really beat myself up for being a young mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I realised it doesn't matter if you have your first kid no. at 42. If it's your first child, you still don't know what you're doing. No. Like actually, it's My a best mate's like, 14, she just had her first baby yeah. and she was like, bloody, I did not know what yeah, you've got, been doing for the yeah. last 11 years. Then, it's still a shock. Um, right, it's almost time for, for us to finish, but I've got one final question. And this is something I'm asking everyone at the end of the episode. And that is, what message would you give your younger self? So if you could time travel back to when you were pregnant with your first, when you were in that kind of blissfully happy, unaware, excited... Before having the baby. Before Buster was born, Mm. what message would you give to your younger self? Oh, wow. Probably that my life is about to change, but it all comes good. I think if I was going to go back to when I was 20 and pregnant with Oshin or just after he was born... I would say tell people about the obsessive checking because I used to check him a lot in the night with anxiety. Yeah. And I never said anything because I think I was worried that people would think I was a bad mum or that someone would take my baby mm-hmm. away. Yeah. You know, and I want to go back and be like, you can talk about these things because yeah. actually a lot of people experience this and no one's going to think you're a bad mum and no, no one's going to take your baby away. No, it's because, again, it's because you're worrying. So you're yeah. trying to trying to do yeah. the right thing with the knowledge and the brain that yeah. you had. And again, I just want to reassure people that it can be hard, but you come out the other side. Yeah. I think it's reassuring to hear not everyone's found it easy. I found that really reassuring. Once once I found that community of people who were also finding it difficult, 
that reassured me for sure. Yeah, because the worst thing is feeling that, that way you're the only and being one. the only one mm. and being too scared to say anything mm. in case people judge you. Mm. But actually, by being brave enough to disclose how you feel, the likelihood is the person is going to say, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been there. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for joining me today and being a such a great guest. Um, before we say goodbye, do you want to tell people where they can find you and Don't Buy Her Flowers and, of Ooh. course, your own podcast? So don'tbuyherflowers.com. The podcast is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. And I'm Steph underscore Don't Buy Her Flowers on Instagram. Brilliant. Well, that keeps it all nice and yeah, nice straight and straightforward. But um, I will be sure to put all the links to your socials and everything else in the show notes. And of course, a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode. I hope it's not been too heavy going or made you feel frightened about having a baby, but rather reassured you that it's normal to feel like you're losing your mind when you have a new baby. And there's a reason for it, the lack of sleep and the hormones, and you're certainly not alone and you will come through it. And if you've enjoyed this episode or found it useful listening, please do share it. We are new to podcasting, so every share really does help. You can tweet us at UpTheDuffPod and we'd love to hear your feedback. Next week, I'll be talking to Molly Forbes, who is the founder of Body Happy Org and the author of Body Happy Kids. It should come as no surprise that we will be talking all about bodies. Your body undergoes some pretty significant changes throughout pregnancy and afterwards, some of which are expected, like growing a big bump, and some of which might come as a surprise. Massive areolas and a fast expanding (laughs) arse in my case. Um, We'll be discussing all of these changes and how you can learn to love your amazing and evolving body. And last of all, a big thanks to the team at the Positive Birth Company for making this podcast possible. If you're trying to conceive, are pregnant, approaching birth, postpartum or navigating the early years of parenting, then please do check out the Positive Birth Company or find us at the Positive Birth Company on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And thank you, Steph. A massive thank you for being such a brilliant guest. Thank you. Thank you. LV have two hands-free electric breast pumps, the super smart LV pump, and now their latest innovation, the amazing hospital-grade LV Stride. I use the LV pump and I absolutely love it. As a busy working mum of four, it means I can cook dinner, drive my kids to their after-school clubs and do a million other things whilst expressing. And I know that every bottle of milk I pump buys me a little bit of freedom or a little bit extra sleep. The LV Pump is the smallest, smartest and quietest pump out there. It's also super discreet. You can literally slip it in your bra and pump away and nobody would even know. You can choose from four pumping rhythms to manage your milk supply based on your personal needs and it's so clever that it even stops pumping when it's full so you don't need to keep checking or worrying about any leaks. They now also have the LV Stride. What's amazing about LV Stride is that it's small but mighty with its hospital-grade power. That's right, finally, hospital-grade performance at home. It's powerful, ultra-quiet, lightweight and comfortable and still hands-free. What a game-changer. There's lots of reasons why you might choose to pump, whether it's to share feeding your baby or to buy yourself some freedom or to increase your milk supply. The LV Pump and the LV Stride will help you make that possible.